just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. This show, I have Ed with me. I always look forward to that. Ed and I spent a long time on the air together, so we're real comfortable with talking with one another on the air. And, of course, Ed's down in Tennessee. I'm up in Minnesota, so we've got uh, – uh, if if we had any contentious, contentiousness between us, it would almost be like a podcast civil war. Yeah. Exactly. You know. <laughs> and we've so had our we days. Are, all, we've had our days. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, uh, way back, I can uh, I can remember you were uh, Marianne Sullivan, who was a coworker, told me you were very surprised to find out how much of a liberal I was early on because I had yeah. the accent, of course, and uh, and you know I was from Tennessee, so like everybody else, you expected I was pretty much like a, a you know a, a redneck. A, yeah, pretty much. Well, you know, you know, was, you know and that, and that's, that, that was the whole, uh, uh, premise for even doing the rational boomer thing. Cause as much as I, I, I thought that of you originally, you know, back before all this Donald Trump thing happened, it was, we're talking about the nineties. Uh, um, as I grew older, grew grayer, grew heavier <laughs> and the younger people came of age, I come to realize that they felt the same thing about me as I maybe. Yeah. Um, thought about you is that, well, here's what this guy looks like. Here's how old he is. He must be a screaming conservative, a Trump humper, a misogynist, uh, a racist and all those sorts of things. So that's why I felt compelled to come out and expose myself, not so much as a liberal, but just as somebody with some common fucking sense. And, and that's what it boils down to. What used to be common sense to everybody uh, the, the right now sees is raging liberalism. Yeah. You know, I think, I think there's a, I think there's a misconception on how people are being labeled. You know, the Republicans are being labeled as conservatives. Well, they're not conservatives in the no. least. They're all no. about sending money to the rich. They added $7 trillion to the deficit when Donald Trump was in office. That is not the actions of a conservative. And at the same time, People who just want things normal and legal and fair and honest doesn't necessarily make them a screaming left progressive liberal, but that's you know no. that's how they characterize it. You know, I grew up in the fifties. Was when I grew up. You were more of a sixties kid, but I grew up in the fifties when it was all very conservative. You know, right, right. People thought Elvis Presley was my God. What's happening here? The end of civilization because he moved his hips. You know, right. And 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 uh, black music was going to take over, and all of the white kids were going to go crazy and so forth. Well, all that was true. Yeah. Thank God it was no, true. Exactly. But I grew up in a very conservative time. But back then, people saw that universal free public education was a good thing. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. bad. Nobody was grooming anybody to be anything other than successful. And and so many other things that have been demonized by the right were things that people were going, hey, this is pretty good. It's nice to have a job with a union that makes sure that I make decent money. Why didn't right. we do that before? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. It was mainstream. 
it makes sense. I want to bring something up that I, it's not something I normally talked about. I don't, I haven't never talked about this on TikTok or the, or the podcast, but this Brittany Griner thing, this female, uh, basketball player who was arrested in Russia because she had, I don't know, she had a vape capsule that had, had, uh, Cannabis CB- residue, or yeah. CBD oil, basically. Yeah, CBD residue. oil. Yeah, and, and and it's become a big deal. Now, now she just uh, was convicted today. Um, uh, she's found guilty, and for whatever reason, they found her guilty with her intentionally committing this crime, as opposed to inadvertently. Her maximum sentence would have been ten years. But they gave her nine years, and uh, people are all abuzz about this. And, of course, Joe Biden jumped on the bandwagon as soon as it was reported and saying, you know, we're going to get her back and all this other stuff. Um, but the way this has played out, this should be no surprise to anybody. Russia doesn't like us. Russia sees her as a, as a uh, pawn or a, or a chip to get yep. something else, or at least to make America look bad. I mean, this woman has a lot of problems. She has a lot of problems for the Russians. First of all, she's female. Second of all, she's black. Third of all, she's a lesbian. And worst of all, she's an American. Now, she's yep. been playing in Russia for some time, you know, kind of a hero in a Russian town playing, playing basketball there. But they see this as an opportunity. They're going to fuck with this girl's life because it's politically expedient for them. That's what it boils down to, of course. And um, there's two ways to look at it. Uh, First way, of course, is uh, uh, what is she doing there? Why are American athletes playing over there? Well, the simple reason is they can make money at it. Uh, There was a young young fellow who I actually had in class when I sat in for a teacher once, uh, for a semester um, back at the radio station where we worked, where we had student interns and we did have classes and so forth. He was brilliant. <clears throat> Pardon me. Wound up playing for the Chicago Bulls for a while, but uh, um, he, w- he was real, just basically a little short for the, the NBA, but he wound up being on team Israel. And the funny thing is he was Muslim. Right, right. <laughs> he went to Israel and played on the Israeli national basketball team as a Muslim. So uh, uh, I can understand uh, why these uh, these young athletes, you know, go to Europe, go to Asia, wherever they can uh, to play because they can make money at it. And that's what they were. Um, that's why they do it. I understand that. But when you're looking at a, a, a regime, whether it's China or Russia or any other country that is hostile to the United States, maybe we say you don't do that anymore. Yeah. Because we know exactly why they singled her out for all the reasons you mentioned, but they want to trade. We have uh, Russian spies and and oligarchs and all of these things. We have all of these people uh, either in jail or uh, uh, in uh, sanctions on them that they won't remove that kinds of things. And as you say, she's just a bargaining chip and that's unfortunate. I do think we'll get her back. I think there'll be a trade uh, of some sort, but you know, there's other people that have been there even longer 
right. need to be a part right. of that trade too. And they're no more guilty than she is. The only difference between them and her is they're less high profile. Nobody right. knows who they are. Um, but, but the, 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 the point is, is when we're in the middle of a situation prior to all the stuff that's going on now, maybe going to Russia is fine. Make your money. I understand that, you know, they don't have the opportunities to make as much money here. So they got to go elsewhere, but we've got Russia attacking Ukraine. We are sanctioning them to death. Uh, yeah. The Russian government does not like America. It's pretty clear, regardless of how much money is there, don't go to fucking Russia. Um, you probably don't want to go to China either at this point because those those uh, two are not happy with, with, with Americans. We have a guy, our, our pro hockey team, uh, the Minnesota Wild, has a player on the team who is from Russia and he's probably the most popular and the most talented player on the team. His name is Kaprizov and he's a young Lock kid. Him up. <laughs> well, well, no, but this is the thing. Um, you know, in the off season, he said, yeah, I want to go back to Russia. And the wild said, Oh, geez, you think that's a good idea? Well, he's going back to his home country, but there was a real concern that he would not come back. And it makes sense. He's a star athlete. He's made his name in America. Why would Russia let him come back once he's gone? They don't give a shit about his contract. They aren't making any money. Uh, nope. Fortunately, there was a lot of uh, consternation about this while he was there. And I think he's back now, thankfully. But why take that fucking risk? I know it's your home country. I know you have family there. But do you really want to risk prison or being fucked with? Well, apparently uh, there was enough of a call at home for him to do that. I, I wasn't aware of that. I haven't kept – I was never a hockey fan, so I, I didn't really keep up with much, I mean, other than what I had to in, in Minnesota. Uh, I was a big baseball fan, but uh, basketball, hockey, not so much. Football even, not so much, especially because the Vikings never win. Fucking right. Uh, but, 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 you know <clears> – <throat> If I lived in Minnesota all my life, as I have, and all of a sudden Minnesota became kind of a uh, uh, militaristic state and it was dangerous to be here, and I I moved someplace else in the country, say, I'm with our place in Georgia, say I'm down there, and my family says they want to see me, I'm still not going back to Minnesota. I say, I'll meet you in Iowa, I'll meet you in North Dakota, I'll meet you someplace, but not Minnesota, because I might get fucked there. There is not anything worth that risk. I mean, we're talking about a country with Russia that, you know, is comparable to America in a lot of ways, but in a humanitarian sense, they're a fucking third world country. They will do anything they want, and they can pull off anything they want. They have no justice. They have no legal system. They just do what the fuck they want. And why put yourself in that situation? Well, yeah, I I read somewhere that the whole economy of Russia is roughly equivalent to that of, say, Illinois. Right, right. Which, you know, we've got Chicago there, so that's pretty good. But still... You know, it's one state. But I, I would like to, since you you brought it up, and since we there's a, there's something else really big in in that we're going to talk about here in a minute that has to do with Roe versus Wade and elections and so forth. I think, don't you think that this is kind of the uh, the um, ultimate goal of uh, conservatives in the United States, and that is to create this 
loose aggregation of rogue states. Um, oh, yeah, you definitely. Few, you know, Iowa, North Dakota, Wyoming, wherever they may be, these uh, these uh, little um, fiefdoms uh, with a strong man, a DeSantis kind of figure in each one of them. And, uh, and, and they make the rules and the federal government can't tell them what to do and so forth. And really all they want to uh, have the, the federal government do is to maintain the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines and Space Force. You know, that, that's pretty that's pretty much it. You, you know, know that, that that's exactly true. But as I've always said about these dumbass fucking Republicans, they have no foresight. I mean, you take right. a state, you take a state like Texas. I want to secede. We just want all the power in the state. Yet at the same time, <laughs> they suck up more federal money than any other fucking state. You know, be careful what you ask for, because if you get it, how is Texas or any other state going to survive on its own? You know what I find ironic about this? These people that want these little fiefdoms or these little states to control everything are constantly, constantly taking the Constitution out of context and pointing toward the Constitution. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, motherfuckers, Constitution is federal. It's not state. Right. Exactly. And it overrules all of your paltry little state rules. And they, they have to be reminded of that. And whether it takes, I mean, you're, you're probably not young enough to remember when, uh, Eisenhower sent federal marshals into Little Rock and, uh, troops into Little Rock because of violence about integration and so yeah. forth. And, uh, uh, and so did, uh, so did Kennedy, so did Johnson. They were not above doing that and they shouldn't have been because these were rogue states. They were defying, um, the federal government and they had to be brought in line. And, well, uh, go ahead. No, we need that accountability because there are rogue states today. Texas and Florida are perfect examples. They're taking away constitutional rights from women. Uh, they are, suppressing votes they're marginalizing and and harming people in the lgbtq community there's got to be some something that overrides it to keep it straight because as much as you want to be um individual little states and little fiefdoms we are called the united states there's got to be some common ground that all of us fall under that's right. And all of those states did agree to a certain amount of federal oversight or we wouldn't be a country. Um, in the, the original, uh, uh, negotiations and so forth, some things got into the Constitution. And I think <laughs> almost all of the uh, right thinking, uh, uh, delegates to the constitutional, constitutional convention said, okay, we'll address that later. We just got to get together here so we can get rid of Britain. But, uh, you know, slavery being one of them, it took another hundred years, uh, to get, or close to it, to get rid of that. And, um, they keep trying to bring it back in one form or another. Um, right now in Tennessee, believe it or not, they are uh, finally trying to make slavery illegal. Wow. That's <laughs> that progressive. Is, what are the odds that's going to pass? Well, in the Tennessee Constitution, and I actually believe it may be in the American Constitution, too, but it says slavery is banned except as a punishment for criminality. Uh, so that's why you can have chain gangs. That's why you can have uh, 
uh, prisoners making license plates and all of that. It's called involuntary servitude. And they're trying to finally get that out of the, the Tennessee state constitution so that they can make it not mandatory that, that prisoners uh, make license plates or uh, uh, do telemarketing or whatever uh, the state's having them do these days, but that they can choose uh, to participate as long as they are paid. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, this being one of the more backward states in the nation, I have to say it. Um, I don't know if it'll pass or not, to be honest with you. Well, let's be honest. They just passed the uh, lynching law <laughs> after <laughs> what a hundred years, and uh, they yeah. still have yet to pass the equal rights amendment. So, right, who the fuck knows what they're going to do? You know, it strikes me is that if they Republicans get what they want, where states are, they're like they're in individual little entities. It, it, it suggests to me that this is going to encourage segregation, and I'm not just talking about color. You're going to get all the people who happen to be liberal that live in conservative states. Are, it's going to be un, unmanageable for them, and they'll, they'll move to the liberal states, and all the conservatives will move to the conservative states, and all the people of the color will either be in the liberal states or the states that cater to people of color. The LGBTQ will go to a specific state. And is that really what we want for our country? I mean, if, if I'm a liberal, not. if I'm a liberal and I live in a conservative state and they're forcing shit on me, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Well, and look at it this way. Um, we know that um, probably 90 percent of the, the states with the worst economies are uh, run by Republicans. Or, or let's let's put it this way. Yeah. The ones that get the most back from the federal government as opposed to what they pay in taxes tend to be red states. So in essence, uh, uh, Minnesota, let's use this as an example, a blue state who pays in a lot of federal taxes is subsidizing Tennessee, right. which does not. Right. So, uh, you know, you, you're, you're paying for the, my, uh, a lot of the stuff that goes on in my state. It's coming out of your pocket. So thanks very much. I'm glad that you're you're willing to do that. <laughs> yeah. But if if what you're talking about should happen, that means that all of that federal aid would be cut off to these red states. Right. So uh the people that are getting Medicaid now, for example, or some form of uh SNAP benefits or something like that, that's all gonna be gone. So right. you're looking at a very impoverished uh population. And, uh, you know, a few people in the catbird seat at the top, which it's not far from that right now, I'll be honest with you. But uh, in Tennessee and, and a number of the other southern states, you do have a vast group of uh, very poor people who never do very well because they get very little. Uh, for example, Medicaid in Tennessee, the federal government keeps trying to give Tennessee more money for Medicaid. And they keep turning it down because, quote, you know, they don't want to become addicted to it. They right. think that eventually the federal government will pull back and say, OK, now it's yours. You've got to maintain this. That's what their fear is. But so they the do meantime, nothing. They're turning down. Right. They do nothing. And they're turning down federal money that could be helping people. Also, we got a big allocation of anti-poverty money it was supposed to help raise uh, children out of poverty. They've been sitting on it for something like six years now. Right. 
uh, probably drawing interest on it and using it for other things, but they're certainly not distributing it like it was meant to be. Well, a lot of people don't understand you being in Tennessee, more of a red state, uh, me being in Minnesota, kind of a blue state. Anytime, uh, anytime Ed needs to make a large purchase, like a car or a house or, or even something a little bit smaller than that, he has to call me to get my okay. Cause I'm yeah. paying the, I'm paying the taxes. So. You know, it's it. The whole thing is really silly, and it it, it comes down to, as I've said before, the de- the Republicans only want what they want, but they still want all the benefits. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And now it's starting to show them that they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. And and a perfect example of that is, of course, this uh, circus that's going on with Alex Jones. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yes. I mean, this guy had been ranting and raving and spewing bullshit, literal bullshit, for years, for a decade. He's been spewing this shit about Sandy Hook. It never happened. It was fake. It was manufactured. We've got crisis actors. These kids didn't really die. They spewed this. And there is a faction of people that are so stupid they believe it. Now he's having to find out what the term means, fuck around and find out, because now he's in court. He's already been found guilty of defamation of character with the hand, Sandy Hook folks. Now they're trying to determine um, how much he's going to pay them. And the dumb motherfucker still won't shut up. Uh, that's true. And uh, he should have paid the money and just, just you know, he would have still had some money left. He should have gone off somewhere and just kept his mouth shut. And he would have been all right. But right. no, but he can't do that. Being such a blowhard, blustery monster, he has to keep going. And what happens, uh, his lawyers, uh, who were recommended by Donald Trump, I don't know if you knew that. Well, Donald Trump's to, known for having shitty lawyers. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they managed to send the entire contents of his cell phone to the opposition attorneys. So not only did they catch him on perjury because he had testified to certain things that the phone messages proved were not true. So he's guilty of perjury, and that means that he could do some time based on that. And the way he keeps dissing the judge who's going to give him the penalty, I wouldn't expect that he's going to do too well. Now, that doesn't speak well for his intelligence right there. But the other thing, the other thing was child pornography on his phone. Was there? I didn't know about that. Yes, yes, he's liable for that as well. I didn't know uh, that. Yes, this is new. Just heard this. So, um, it's going to be so fucked. (laughs) I I certainly hope so. I I was just doing a story about it and I had it on my (laughs) phone. I was going to turn it on. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, exactly. But, you, you know, the thing about it is the lawyers, the prosecutors in this case, or the lawyers for the uh, parents, it, it's funny. You know, he made, the lawyer made a statement to, uh, I watched this today, uh, made a statement to, to Alex Stone who said, you, you, Alex Jones, uh, you made a statement that because this judge, the one sitting right there worked with some child protection agency, that she was tied into the pedophiles. Now he's looking all nervous. The judge is sitting right there and he's going, I never said that. I never said that. Well, hold on a minute. Let me run the fucking video. <laughs> and this <laughs> dumb fuck knows he said it. I mean, it's one thing to have your, your phone records turned over. 
but you're doing this shit on video that can be pulled up in an instant. I can Google that shit and get it. They don't understand that or they forget it because he is so used to not being called. He is so used to being able to just spew this stuff, whatever comes, uh, you know, on the top of his head, whatever he thinks of, spews it out there. He knows nobody's really listening to the details of it. Nobody's going to check it because no sane person is watching his show. And uh, so they just forget about it that they can be called on the carpet for it. And uh, I am I'm so glad to see it because I've always hated this guy, probably more than Trump. Uh, And part of it has to do was because he was sort of in an industry that that we both were in. Right. And, uh, you know, I hated Rush Limbaugh for the same reason in that he had this tremendous following for lying. Right. Uh, and being bombastic and being, uh, uh, being just a general all around asshole. And yet he drew this, this following of, uh, easily, uh, fooled fools. Well, well, it's interesting that you bring up that on Alex's phone that there might have been some child porn. I had not heard that. So I'm going to dig into that. But in addition to that, this becomes much bigger. This mistake becomes bigger than than just this civil trial because we know alex jones was kind of part of this whole january 6th committee uh here oh yes uh the insurrection and now the january 6th committee i hear has said yeah we want those text messages we'll subpoena them if we have to and i'm sure these people will just fucking turn it over and then, of course, we, oh, know, we know what the next step is. Cipollone talks to the J6 committee. Now he's going to the DOJ. This is going to be a far different thing when he's talking to the DOJ as opposed to the January 6th committee. He's close to Trump, and that's going to fuck some things up, and he doesn't have the flexibility he had with the J6 committee. Um, Alex Jones, if he doesn't know it by now, he's pretty much fucked his life. Because he's done. Because there are probably other criminal uh, criminal activities on that phone, but just with this uh, with, with the insurrection thing, he's going to be exposed. Oh, that too, and he stands liable for charges there. Uh, one key thing that uh, I noticed, uh, and I, I probably said them, other people have too. Normally. When a figure like this is under examination, you'll have his his cronies, his fellows, his supporters speaking out in his behalf and calling it a witch hunt, saying it's it's a terrible thing. He's being abused and so forth. What we're getting from the, the his fellow conservatives and Republicans is crickets. Yeah, You don't see anybody stepping up to defend Alex Jones right now. You don't hear Trump saying anything about it. You don't hear Ted Cruz. You don't hear any of these people saying Alex Jones is a wonderful person. No, they know he's, they know they've got him dead to rights and they don't want anything to do with him. This is what will happen with Trump when he is finally brought in. When he is finally does the perp walk and steps into a courtroom, this is what it's going to be like. No one will speak for him. And in five years, no one will admit that they voted for him. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's like, uh, like in your, if you're in a firefight <laughs> in war or whatever, and you got somebody that's shot in the head and dead laying on the ground. 
You don't stand there trying to revive him because you're just going to get your ass killed too. You run a fucking way. And that's what they're doing. Everybody's running away from, from, from Alex Jones because they know he's dead. He's done. There, there, there is no way he can come back from this. And, and it's, you know, with his narcissistic behavior, there, there is always, that's the weird thing about narcissists. In their mind, they really feel like they can always talk their way out or bully their way out of any situation. And a lot of cases for years and years, they've been able to do that, but it always comes to this point when they're in the corner and every little trick and every little strategy that they normally use doesn't work. And then they freak the fuck out. And that's exactly what's going on. And it is so much fun to watch, uh, to watch his demeanor. Uh, in front of the, the cameras and the microphones outside the court, and then to watch him sweating like a pig and uh, trying to equivocate and say he didn't say something that he obviously did, and you know they're going to nail him and, and show it to him in just a second, and it, it is a lot of fun to watch. And and the word made me, the pig made me think of something. Now, I don't know, you don't, I'm sure you don't ever watch Alex Jones and neither do I, but occasionally, you know, on Facebook or somewhere, I'll see something where somebody makes a reference and, and, uh, he's always talking about human pig hybrids. Right. 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 <laughs> right? We, they're all over the place. Yes. <laughs> and they're well, all Republicans. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, there's a little bit of truth. See, that's how they get you. That's how all of these guys work. Um, they, they, they find a little grain of truth that you may have heard somewhere. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and you, that's there in the back of your brain. And then they hit on that. And then that makes everything else they say true too. Well, they are trying to find ways to, uh, use pig organs in replace in, in, uh, in place of, of human ones because they just can't get enough human organs to meet the need. Uh, hearts, lungs, kidneys, pancreas, whatever it may be. And uh, the, the, the pig organs are such that, you know, they're about the right size. They're, they're comparable and so forth. And if they can, uh, if they can alter them genetically enough, then it solves the problem. We had a, a mutual acquaintance who, who had to wait years and years for a kidney and would have died unless finally a relative stepped up and gave her a kidney, and now she's doing fine. But she was of such an age that, that they would not, uh, the, the folks who dole out the kidneys, uh, sorry, you know, we only give them to younger people who have a better chance of survival. So that's what they're doing. I just saw a story yesterday where they, uh, they took dead pigs and they ran this solution that they developed in through their veins and they came back to life, not in the sense that they have any sort of consciousness, but the organs regenerated. And, 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 you know, it's a long way before it has anything to do with human beings now, but, but it's another step in the direction where they will be able to replace lungs, hearts, kidneys, whatever in this fashion. I don't talk to me about the morality of it. It's not, it's something that even I have problems with in some ways, but, but it's a fact of life that it's happening. But he takes that little grain of truth, you see, and then he expands that into these human pig hybrids are running around that they're right. doing nefarious well, things. And, and he can use that. You got to give Alex Jones a little bit of slack in this because he is a living example of the first um, 
face transplant from a pig to a fucking human <laughs> and metabolism true. too. Yes. yes. So, so, uh, yeah, it, it's Alex Jones is just screwed. And the thing about it is, is Alex Jones played a big part in the Trump administration, especially the insurrection, because whether he was there or not, he was a major factor in promoting this shit and getting yep. people to come out, getting people riled up and getting them involved. So he he is as much uh, culpable in, in the insurrection as just about anybody. You know that there are conversations between Alex and Ginny. Oh, yeah. Ginny Thomas. Uh, you know there's conversations between... I mean, we know Sean Hannity and fucking uh, 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 Tucker Carlson were texting with fucking Mark Meadows. So, yep. you know, he was in that mix. And, you know, Ginny was in that mix. What's going to be exposed is going to be absolutely devastating to the Republicans and those people involved. Yeah, and and, and now we keep finding out that every every segment of the United States government was tied into the insurrection. The Secret Service, the uh, FBI, the Pentagon, you name it. There were individuals in each of those who were part of the Supreme Court that were a part of this insurrection, this trying to overthrow the government. Now, uh, I can't prove this, and it's it's one of those apocryphal things that uh, some folks believe, some folks don't. But back in the 1930s, there there was supposedly an attempt to overthrow the Roosevelt regime by uh, Henry Ford, DuPont, and other industrialists. They wanted to install a Hitler-like figure because uh, fascism was very appealing to them. And and what they wanted to do was create a force, just like we saw show up in Washington, led by a retired Marine general whose name was Smedley Butler. And they approached him. He was supposed to lead a force of 50,000 men from uh, uh, ex-veterans or veterans. I shouldn't say ex-veterans, but but veterans to Washington to take over and that they would smooth the way with money and so forth, uh, that it would be a fiat accompli, you know, and, uh, but uh, uh, they picked the wrong guy. Yeah. And he, he outed them to Roosevelt, who basically said, I could put you guys in prison. But I don't want to disrupt everything. I need you to write to sign these pledges that you'll never do this again and we'll let it go. Now you can either believe that or you could not believe it, but there there's indications that it's true. Smedley certainly uh, uh believed it. So um, you know, I leave it there. Well, you know, so, the thing uh, the thing about it is is how frightening it was in our time. Right. Uh, like you said, it was it was all branches of the government. The Supreme Court had connections to the insurrection. The president yep. and the Oval Office and the White House had connections. Um, the Department of Justice had connections in the insurrection. The Department of Defense was involved. We have Congress was involved. Mm-hmm. Members of Congress will be exposed for being involved. Can you imagine that every branch of our government there were people in it that were trying to overthrow our government. But you know what's interesting? <laughs> With all that working in their benefit, they still fucked it up. They still failed. 
And it exactly. was because of, it was because of good people that did speak up, people like Cassidy Hutchinson and and some of these other people that have come out and said, you know, this is too fucking far. You guys yeah. are crazy. I'm not in with you on this. And th- and that's what I'm thinking is going to be the uh, um uh the 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 failure of the Republican Party because you have like thirty percent of the base that love Donald Trump and will do anything and say anything and believe anything, but as much as we may not like the Republicans, there's a certain section of the Republicans that do have a reasonable mind that do have some patriotic sense that do not want to be associated with that bullshit, and they're going to peel away from the fucking radicals. Yeah, people go to Washington for one of two reasons. Number one, to get rich, or number two, because they really believe in what uh, America stands for. And uh, I don't know which way the split goes, uh, but I do know uh, that the the so-called deep state that the Republicans rail against is what keeps the government going. The people who stay there in all of these different agencies and departments and so forth for their entire careers. And they are focused on uh, doing the best they can, making that that particular thing work as best they can. Those are the people we need to stay there because you can't bring in new people every time or you're looking at a total clusterfuck. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, I want to add to that, too, as far as who was involved in this insurrection, we have all those things in government, but just to top it off, we have the media too. the places like Fox, OAN, Newsmax, uh, people like Rush Limbaugh who are independent, people like Alex Jones who are independent. We were being bombarded with lies and bullshit with the intention of changing our ways of life to give power. I mean, you said people go to Washington for two reasons because of altruistic reasons or because to make money. I would say it's to make money and gain power. And I would say the split is more in the favor. And I'm talking Democrat and Republican more in the favor of those people who don't want money and power. That's why they go to Washington, DC. I think those altruistic or those patriotic people are few and far between. Yeah. The only really, really altruistic or are the people who put prints, I'll say it this way, put principle above their own well-being. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. Here are two people who are standing on principle against their own party, against the, the president, uh, uh, against everybody except the other side. Right. Yeah. And they're standing on principle. You got to admire them. I do not agree with them on their policies, either one of them, yeah. uh, because they always vote for the conservative side, which I disagree with um, pretty much 99 percent of the time. So, uh, no, you know, they're never we're never going to be friends, but uh, I can respect them. Well, yeah, exactly. And I've said this a bunch of times before. And I'll say it again only because I like it. I said, Liz Cheney, I would never vote for. I would never probably be even in a friendly relationship with her. But if I was in a dark alley being attacked, I'd want her right next to me because she's a she's a tough woman. It's true. But, uh, you know, right now we're seeing uh, I'm I'm starting to feel pretty optimistic about November and I'm knocking wood here. On, on my desk because uh, I don't want to jinx anything, but 
Um, let, let's let's move on to one other thing. You mentioned the seven thirty split, right? Right. And that's well, pretty well, much what I, I tell you. What, before we do that, I'm going to take a quick break, and then All we'll right. get into it full full force right after that. I'm going to take a quick break. We will be right back. All right, we are back, and uh, you know, Ed, from the beginning, from the moment that uh, um, Joe Biden was inaugurated. We had the Republicans crowing and even some Democrats crowing that, well, that's good. But come the midterms, the Republicans will win because historically speaking, that's how it all goes. And from that point, I said, eh, not so fast, not mm-hmm. so fast, because if you want to talk about historically speaking, that's fine. But what we're seeing right now has no bearing on anything we've seen historically speaking. So that would only suggest that there's going to be some kind of different outcome in the midterms than we expect. From the beginning, I have thought that uh, the Republicans aren't going to do that very well in uh, the midterms. And I know that you've seen something here that may be uh, a sign of that to come. Uh, yeah, you you alluded to earlier that there's like a seventy thirty split between the diehard Trumpers and and everybody else, and and that's pretty much true on lots of things. It's true on gun control, for example. You've got the thirty percent crazies who want uh, to buy have flamethrowers and tanks and machine guns and anything else they want and all the ammunition in the world, and they think uh, that. Uh, uh, civilization as we know it will end if they're denied anything like that. And then you have reasonable people who may want to have a shotgun to go hunt quail with or something like that once a year. Or, uh, you know, maybe they think they need a gun for home defense or something like that, although they'll probably shoot their dick off instead of anybody <laughs> trying to get in the house. But Just don't uh, hunt with Dick Cheney. <laughs> exactly. Because Dick Cheney exactly. will shoot your dick off. <laughs> exactly. But uh, uh, we saw a real illustration of this in Kansas. Now, the uh, sometimes the hubris of conservatives just really surprises me. I mean, you got uh, you pack the court and you got these worthless justices who, quite frankly, uh, shouldn't be in traffic court, much less in right. the uh, uh, Supreme Court of the United States. You know who they are. I don't have to enumerate them. Uh, the last three in particular were odious, but you've had Thomas there for a while. And, and fuck Alito. Yeah, exactly. So. uh uh, you know, that that was a bogus decision. We know it. We know it was, and it shouldn't have been allowed to happen, but it did. So they these guys down in Kansas decide to put uh, put it on the ballot. You know that uh, uh, they're going to um, outlaw abortion in the state of Kansas forever, right? Yeah, and that that's that's hubris because they think they're going to win. Yeah. We get that seventy thirty split. I think it was sixty nine thirty one, something like that. But uh, it was a resounding defeat that shook the country because it shows that even Republicans can be decent. There <laughs> that, are some uh, decent Republicans. Exactly. And that uh, because it wasn't just Democrats who did that. Oh, yeah, they came out in record numbers. But a lot of the Republicans did, too. And many of them, if not most of them, were women. There were guys in there, too, who realized that you don't take away a right that was hard fought and that really does make 
a difference in the lives of women and really in the lives of men too, if, if they're reasonable about it. So right. it was overwhelmingly rejected. When you get that kind of a, a, a margin, that, that is resounding and it's going to echo through everywhere. And I'm already hearing the Republicans say, oh, my God, we got to shut this up. We got to just talk about inflation and stuff. We can't talk about abortion. We just can't because we'll lose. Well, that's, you know, that's that that's the thing that you kind of hear this (laughs) rumbling by Republicans now. And it's, oh, shit, we fucked up. And it's not just about abortion either. Abortion is the big one. The fact that Kansas, a pretty red state, said, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we're not feeling that. That says right. a lot to what the trend is going to. But it's not just that. I mean, it's 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 uh, the whole idea of uh, the January 6th committee and them calling it a hoax. COVID and them calling it a hoax and may, a million people have died. Everybody who had somebody they knew or were related to that died of COVID don't believe it was a fucking hoax. And say you got 10 people <laughs> that are connected to one person who died of COVID. That's 10 million people that know you're full of shit. Exactly. And so, and so with all that happening, um, I know the Republicans are worried. And the reason I know the Republicans are worried because Mitch McConnell has pretty, pretty much expressed that one other area that's fucking with Mitch McConnell and the Republicans right now is all these Trump endorsees that are winning uh, the chance to be the candidate. Yeah. Um, Mitch McConnell and all these people, you know, I always get people going, oh, my God, another Trump endorsee. Uh, one, it's terrible. Trump is so powerful. No, bitch. We want all of Trump's endorsees to win because they're the craziest motherfuckers, the Herschel Walkers, the Dr. Ozzes, because they have no fucking chance of winning. I'd rather have them running against our Democrats as opposed to somebody who's relatively reasonable. And that's why everybody who gets upset, well, if Donald Trump runs in 2024, I don't see any chance of that happening. But I fucking hope he does. He lost by seven million last time and he hasn't done anything to redeem himself or make himself more appealing. So he'll probably lose by 15 million then. Well, exactly. I mean, remember, the greatest Trump endorsee was Trump himself. And he lost by a wide margin, by 8 million votes. I mean, this is then that's huge. Uh, uh, He got a lot of votes because there was a big Republican turnout, but not enough because Republicans can't win unless they cheat. They don't have the numbers. Right. It's that simple. Well, and one of the things, like you pointed out, they want to make it about they want to make it about inflation and and gas prices and stuff. But. This Roe v. Wade thing is way too big. The fact that it came out prior to the midterms was a huge fucking mistake, and they're starting to realize it now. The idea that they're letting Donald Trump endorse people, and he's putting up these crazies that don't have a chance to win. I mean, Oz isn't going to win in Pennsylvania. He's down 10 fucking points. Herschel Walker, (laughs) I don't know. Seven or eight down. Yeah, Yeah. at least. yeah, okay. which is which boggles my mind that there is anyone in Georgia who would vote for Herschel Walker. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty amazing, you know. And as somebody who just bought some property down in Georgia, I'm praying for Stacey Abrams. I think Stacey Abrams is probably one of the 
one of the beacons we're going to see in the Democratic Party and in politics, generally speaking, down the road. I agree. Uh, uh, she, Val Demings, uh, Katie Porter, uh, you're going to see a lot of women that are going to uh, carry the banner and, and it will make the world a better place than it is. What the Democrats need is another Roosevelt style administration. Doesn't have to, we've got, we can't have the same president four terms, but we can have back to back Democratic administrations that last eight years each. If we can do that, we can put the country back where it was before Reagan. And right. that is where we need to get to. Reagan yeah. was the watershed. That was the beginning of the end for democracy in the U.S. unless we rest it back. Because well, it was that turning over everything to the oligarchs. That's what he did. And there's nothing else you can say about it. And and then he became a vegetable during his second term, or it would have been worse. Right. Well, you know, one of the reasons why Reagan won, it was a different time. Republicans had a different image. And during Jimmy Carter, the economy was shit. Gas yeah. prices were going up, gas shortages. Iranians took those hostages. We had interest rates going up. But a lot of that, like we see now, was more cycl- cyclical or affected by something other than the president. And Jimmy Carter took the hit for the bad economy. He was just unfortunate to be there at a wrong time. Reagan comes in and tries to play the tough guy. And he, you know, frankly, he wasn't a lot better than Donald Trump. Uh, he, was, he was a good actor. I mean, he, well, he was an actor. He was uh, a good actor and he, and he was a good speaker. Yes. And, 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 and people will always say, well, the presidential race isn't a, uh, isn't a popularity contest. Fuck it ain't. Yeah, it is. Of course it, it is. Fuck it is, especially when Reagan won. It is a popularity contest because most of the people out there don't dig deep enough to know what's really fucking going on. I like him because he's tough. That's why they like Donald Trump. They think he's going to fight for them. I think they're finding out <laughs> that that's not the case. All the people that backed him are finding out that he's fucking bailing. Yeah, and the, the ones who are smart enough to see it. I mean, uh, here in Tennessee, people uh, <clears throat> people regard politics the same they, way they do college football, which is the second religion here. Right. It's always my team. My team's going to win, even though you could look at the players, the rosters, and you'd go, <laughs> they ain't going to do much this year. They're still out there. They're still rabid. They're still going to fill the stadium and, and rah, rah. But they're the same way about their uh, political candidates. Uh, and there's, you know, there's some religion stuff to it too, but basically it's just a team sports kind of uh, way of looking at politics. And it is a popularity contest. They'll vote for the one that they see as closest to them. Right. And usually it's the most objectionable one. Well, here's the problem with that idea is that they look at it as a team sport. And I think Democrats do the same thing. But you're you're being misguided here because the Democrats and the Republicans are two teams. But we aren't on those teams because they haven't no. done shit for us. I always say it's not Democrats against Republicans. It's us versus them. And we've got to uh, – force these people, manipulate these people to do the job they were fucking elected for. They don't come out and just do it naturally. I have said this about the Democrats too. The Democrats are really about getting money to the middle class and 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 doing all these things for the middle class. 
largely because that's what's going to work against the Republicans. Because the Democrats have been in charge many times over the last 50 years, and they didn't do shit. They put money in their pockets. That's why I'm saying the Democrats and the Republicans, we're not on any of those teams. You might, They might want you to believe you are, but it's us against them. Uh, I have to agree. As a matter of fact, I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter this morning. Uh, I forget the topic even that we were talking about, but he, he, he mentioned that he had written a long letter to AOC and that she had not responded. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, no. <laughs> even though it was something she was supposed to be for. And I said, well, that sucks, but write her again. Keep on writing. You've got to hold these people's feet to the fire. And remember, uh, I, it took me many years to realize this, but I always look to the workhorses, not the show horses, right. to get things done. Because ultimately, the show horses wind up very rich with a with a talk show or something, and the, the workhorses like Elizabeth Warren and people like that are still in there getting the job done. And Joe Biden is a workhorse. Come on. That's the difference. He's not a show horse. He never has been. But this has to be one of the most successful two years of a presidency in history from where he started from. Well, sure, that's, there's, you know, that's sure the other there's thing. That's the Go other ahead. thing about this midterm thing. Over and above the shitty candidates for the Republicans overturning Roe v. Wade, people kind of turning on the Republicans in Kansas, you, you've got a president. And again, I'm not a huge fan of Joe Biden. There's a lot of shit he does. I do not like. I think he's too old school. I think he's too passive. And I think we're in a time when you have to be aggressive because you've got a big opponent in front of you. But when you look at it, he came in and settled things down, got a lot of the criminality out of the White House, which is a plus. He got the COVID relief bill, which was a big boon to all of us and to the economy. Um, They got the... um, Infrastructure bill passed. They got, uh, this, this new bill finally passed for the veterans. They're going to get this other bill that was passed that, that, uh, um, uh, is, is basically. It's back better renamed. Well, it's still back better cherry picked because there's yeah. a lot that was left out, but to get that much legislation done in two fucking years and then throw in all the other shit. I don't know how anybody could sit in front of me and say, Oh yeah, the Republicans are going to win based on what they haven't done anything, but harm this country. And at least Joe Biden has done something fucking positive for the country. Right. And, and really <clears throat> when you get right down to it, <clears throat> they cannot point to a policy. They have none. Their only policy is cut taxes on the rich. I mean, the other policy that they're kind of showing right now is get rid of, quote, entitlements, meaning Social Security and Medicare, which, of course, aren't entitlements, but that's what they want to call them so they can uh, their uh, their 30% base won't realize what they're talking about until they're not getting that monthly check anymore and going, what happened? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I look at that entitlement thing with the Medicare and uh, um, and and Social Security is kind of like the Roe v. Wade overturning Roe v. Wade thing. Uh, they they're looking. See what they're doing here is they campaigned and 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 asked for donations based on the hopes of overturning 
Roe v. Wade. That was yeah. really the basis of their platform. <laughs> well, they overturned Roe v. Wade. Now what are they going to campaign on? What are they going to what are they going to raise money on? So now they're kind of going to the entitlements. Uh but it's going to go the same way as the the Roe v. Wade. They fucked themselves by actually attaining what they were striving for. They made more money and got more seats and more votes saying, "Yeah, we're going to overturn Roe v. Wade." And nobody really expected what happened. So now it happens. Now they got nothing. So they're they're searching for something else and they're so stupid, they're going to pick something else <laughs> that's going to piss off more people. Yeah, I I'm sure that that in in the halls of Congress the the day <clears throat> that uh, they came out with the Supreme Court overturn of Roe v. Wade, you heard this loud knocking, and what it was was Mitch McConnell banging his head against a wall because he knew that that was the end of the Republican Party. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, because as you say, it was a great money and uh, and troop ra- money raiser, troop raiser. Uh, get the people out, get out the vote and all of that for so many years. They created it. There was no push against abortion before the uh, religious right got into the picture and started hyping it. Uh, there were there was no push against it or anything like that. As a matter of fact, the the uh, the Baptists uh, in the beginning thought it was a great thing until yeah. you know Jerry Falwell and all of these people started uh, turning their uh, turning them against it. But uh, I know that he had to see that. I mean, nobody wanted it. And, and they probably thought that somehow or other, John Roberts would uh, would put together something that wasn't really an overturn. It would have sustained uh, possibly the, the, the time limits to put on it down in Georgia or uh, Louisiana or Alabama, wherever it was. But, uh, but they wouldn't overturn it. But then uh, whoever it was who released that draft version uh, locked it in. Yeah. And yeah. They, they couldn't go back on it then because they, they knew that people, their, their own people would go, you caved or whatever. Right. So they went ahead and went ahead with it. And, and all uh, any intelligent Republican knew that they were giving up one of their greatest tools at that moment. And, and you know what, you know who released it in my mind, uh, be, it had Jenny? to be a, no, well, no, maybe, maybe Jenny or Clarence, but I'm thinking yeah. more Alito. It's his, it's his decision. And, and, uh, he's the one that's adamant about it. He's a fucking piece of shit. And he saw Kavanaugh and maybe Amy Coney Berry kind of, kind of, uh, being wishy washy about it. So he wanted to nail him and force them in, force their hand. So it had to be released by a Supreme Court justice. And you know how I yeah. know that? The reason I know that is because after it happened, they said, oh, my God, we got to find the leaker. We got to find the leaker. What have you heard about it lately? Not a fucking thing. Not one thing. They aren't looking for them. They're going, oops, that happened. That's too bad. And now they've got egg on their face because it's going to work against them. Well, this is why we need those two two Democratic administrations back to back. Eight years of Democrats, we can fix the Supreme Court. We can get rid of the filibuster. Um, there's so many things we can do. Uh, we can get rid of gerrymandering. 
which is is why these states are being taken over by Republicans, because they gerrymander it so that uh, no liberal can ever win. So they right. don't even try anymore. Here in Tennessee, there are no Democratic candidates to speak of. Um, in uh, today is election here, and um, there's no one for me to vote for. You yeah. know, I can vote for the lesser of two evils, if you will. Or in some cases, I don't even have that option because they're running unopposed. Right. So uh, there's no uh, there's no way I, I, I'm not going to run because it would be pointless. There's no way I would get more than five or ten votes. Yeah. You know? But uh, you've got to at some point realize that you need the federal government to get the Voting Rights Act back in as it was established. You've got to do away with gerrymandering, uh, at least in the way it's done now, which is uh, insane. And and uh, you've also got to do some things beyond that. You've got to take back the media because I harp on this because I live in a desert of media here where um, the TV stations and the radio stations and the newspapers are all right wing because these right wing organizations and hedge funds and private equity groups have bought them all up. They dictate the messages that they send or don't send, which is just as bad. And um, so the people here do not get the message unless they seek it out. Right. And they don't. Most of them, uh, I mean, this county where I am, if you get past the city limits, um, they couldn't do uh, um, online classes for most of the county because there's no service. Right. So, uh, you know, there's this kind of thing that has to be dealt with or uh, or we we have there will have a certain part of the country that is all Republican and certain parts of the country. They're all liberal. And um, not that it isn't that way right now, you know, but it'll, it'll get even worse. So it's so solidified. It can't ever be changed. Well, well, here's the thing with with, with the Democrats right now. The Democrats essentially have the Republicans on the run with the fucked up candidates, with Roe v. Wade, with Kansas, with uh, the J6 committee and all that's being exposed there. This is the moment in time the Democrats have to do something they're not used to doing. They've got to get that killer instinct. The Republicans want to make it about uh, inflation and gas prices and stuff. You've got to keep this narrative in the air and you've got to shove it down their throat. You've got to bury them in the bullshit they've created for themselves and not stop once. This is the time when the Democrats need to be aggressive. And I'm hoping that they have the wherewithal to actually fucking do that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I tell people, if you want real history, throw the history books away. Because they're they're written by academics who are concerned about uh, various and sundry things that uh, most people could give a rip about. This battle, this, that, whatever it may be. If you want to know the history of the 1930s, watch the movies, read the novels. That will tell you more than you will ever know. And I tell if you really want to know about the 1930s, watch the Capra movies. Watch Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Meet John Doe. It happened one night, and you will see that uh, uh, we had the same situation at that point. We had the Republicans in charge. That would have been uh, Hoover, right? Right. And uh, that brought us this huge depression. And then we we have Roosevelt just getting started, trying to trying to alleviate that. But uh, 
Mr. Smith goes to Washington, for example. You have him coming from a, a Western state where uh, Edward Arnold is this uh, oligarch who runs everything. He all, owns all the newspapers. He owns all the TV stations. Well, there wasn't TV, the radio stations and so forth. So nobody hears anything except what he wants them to hear. So even though Jimmy Stewart's up there in Washington with his filibuster, they're not hearing about it back home until the Boy Scouts get involved and start with their little newspaper and so forth. But even then, the only way that Smith eventually wins is because uh, uh, um, Frederick March or whoever it is, I can't remember, his mentor decides to shoot himself because he can't put up with this kind of thing anymore. But uh, that's what was going on then. This is what's going on now. Um, the people don't know because they're not allowed to know, or they're they're they have the the Alex Joneses, they have the Rush Limbaugh's, who has now assumed a room temperature, thank goodness, right. and uh, uh, all of these other uh, right wing Fox News, Hannity's, the Carlsons, all of that spewing this stuff day and night. It's all lies, but they eat it up because it's what they get. You know, we also have to recognize the red flags before they become a problem. I, When my wife and I were first married, we bought her grandparents' house. And here, her grandfather built that house. And it was an old, very nice house. Uh, we were taking down a wall, okay? And this house was built in 1938. Believe it or not, back in the day, what they used to insulate homes with newspapers, newspapers, newspapers <laughs> right. So I was pulling these pristine, yellowed but pristine newspapers out of the wall, to and, and it was from 1938. And the one thing I noticed about those newspapers are, you know, this Hitler guy might be a little hinky. We should probably keep an eye on him. He's a bad guy. Now, if we'd taken that, <laughs> that little clue, maybe we could stop a lot of bullshit. And there's a lot of things that are going on in this country right now that are red flags, you know, like the Roe v. Wade and the Donald Trumps and the lies and the corruption and the criminality. We've got to be able to nip that to take something from Barney Fife on 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 uh, Andy Griffith's show. At some point, we got to nip it in the bud before it fucking starts. Yeah, it's funny you should mention newspapers. Uh my wife and I bought a house built in 1928, and the upstairs was insulated in exactly the same way. And uh, I spent weeks redoing that attic because I had to read all of these newspapers. Right, right. It was so instructive to me. I I had a pristine front page of uh, Allies Sink Bismarck, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. and and that kind of thing. But they were so old, they just crumbled uh, before I could uh, find any way to preserve them. But it was instructive. Well, one thing I learned was the comics back then weren't funny. <laughs> no, no. Well, you know that 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 that's the thing. People think the times we are in now are the worst times ever. Nothing like this has ever happened. But it's happened over and over again. This isn't anything new. We've experienced something to this degree before, like you pointed out. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we should learn a lesson from our fucking history. What's that word? Exactly. What's, that? What's that? You got to know history or you're doomed to yeah. uh, repeat uh, those it. Those who refuse to learn history are doomed to repeat it. Yes. Well, apparently, Which we do constantly. Yeah, we do it constantly. So, you know, I, I think you're on track with this midterm thing. I, I just want to acknowledge not to be 
point of make it all about me, but I've said from the beginning, if you're going to win a midterms, there's got to be something working in your favor. And right now, there is zero, zero working in favor of the Republicans. You know, on the gas pumps, <laughs> this is a typical example of, of Republicans shooting their dick off. <laughs> Yes. You know, you know how they put these little stickers on the gas oh, pumps yeah. saying oh, yeah. Joe Biden pointing. And I, saying, did I did this. Yeah. <laughs> and people were peeling them off and saying, fuck you. Fuck you. Well, now leave those motherfuckers on because the gas prices yeah. are going down. Biden's going. I did. That. Yeah. I'm going to have to go buy me some of those and stick them on because I peeled a couple off. Yeah, exactly. I paid three dollars and 30 cents a gallon when I filled my tank the other day. Yeah. I saved eleven dollars over my last fill up. So, yeah, and that's going in the right way. And I, uh, the other thing, the inflation, I think you're going to see, especially once this new bill gets through there. Granted, we don't have a lot of time before the midterms, but you're going to see a turnaround because they keep harping on the inflation. Oh, Joe Biden spent so much money. That's what caused the inflation. You know what? They're right. But it didn't cause some inflation. But what they don't tell you is that it would be twice as bad if he hadn't. Right. The real right. the real inflation was the Trump tax cuts. That was the most inflationary thing. The gas prices started up in April of 2020 because Trump got the Saudis to cut production. Right. So, you know, there are so many ways to look at it. Uh, we just got to keep hammering away. We got to keep hammering away. And uh, hopefully what the Fed's doing will have some some bearing on it. But I'll tell you, they need to get that child tax credit back. They need to get some money into people's hands so that they can uh, get the economy spinning again. I mean, obviously, the uh, the, the bottlenecks and the the um, um, the what do you call it? The uh, not being able to get merchandise here from where it's being made, which points out a whole nother thing. I mean, we've got no manufacturing base here. We have to get it here from somewhere else. In the right. pandemic, you can't do that. So that's why, you know, we've got demand and no way to satisfy it. That's yeah. why there's inflation, you know, plus then we got a lot of price gouging going on. You can't have record profits and, and cry to me that it's not your fault. It is your fault <laughs> if you're making record profits and people are having to pay three times as much for your product. Take less fucking profit. That's the simple solution. And the, pro and the profit, profits are so outrageous. It's, it's absolutely yes. ridiculous. You would think if we have to pay more money, they have to pay more money to buy the stuff to put in our hands, and they pass that increase on to us. But they're not doing that. They're passing whatever increase plus taking the opportunity to add more and say, oh, it's just the fucking – supply chain or something like that. They're, 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 they're using excuses. I mean, let me ask you this with all the profits that oil companies make, why does the American government subsidize them? What, That's what, it. what are we doing? <laughs> why are we giving them more money? I mean, we got to give it to farmers and such because sometimes they're not making money, but we got to keep them in business. Uh, oil companies don't need that fucking help. Nope. No, I'd make them bank it. You know, I mean, say, OK, you're making record profits. We're taking away all your subsidies. Bank some of that. You don't have to do stock buybacks. You know, hang on to it for the rainy day. Everybody else has to do that. That's what you tell me to do. Save money. 
for a rainy day. You know, we you can't expect the government to bail you out. Well, you can't expect us to bail out banks and auto companies and oil companies, but we do it. Yeah. Well, you know, well, we have the midterms. And if it goes as I suspect, and I think it will, where the Democrats will gain a few seats in the House, maybe gain as many as three seats in the Senate. The next two years are going to be kind of a watershed period in this country. Joe Biden, for as much as his polls are down, he's going to be heralded toward the end of his term, even though he he will not run, because they're going to be in a position, if they do what I hope they do, to get rid of the filibuster, maybe get rid of the Electoral College, maybe pass more of the Build Back Better, maybe deal with guns, deal with codifying Roe v. Wade. A lot of shit if if they can pull it out in the midterms, they can get a lot of shit done. And and I'll be honest with you, if they get that that extra space in the midterms in the Senate and the House, they got to get on their fucking bi- bicycle and start fucking passing everything. Absolutely, because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the Supreme Court, as packed right now is going to come down on the side of state legislatures being able to overturn legitimate elections. You watch it. There's a case right now that will allow them to do that, and they're going to come down on the side of state legislatures. And the Republicans are also pushing for a constitutional convention to rewrite the Constitution, <laughs> and they will they will have the edge on uh, the state legislatures at this point. Right. So so uh, uh, if you want democracy to continue, if you want us to be a republic, uh, however way you want to look at it, if you want your vote to count, you cannot let the Republicans win. You cannot. And, and the rank and file Republicans don't know this, especially no. that 30 percent. But I'm, it's more like 50. You know, I mean, there's a few that know it and they're on that side, the Ted Cruz's, the Josh Hawley's, these kind of people, right? The right. Tom Cotton's, uh, the people that went to Harvard and, and so forth. They're, they're not stupid. They're just evil. Right. But your basic stupid Republicans, they don't know what's going to happen. They think, oh, well, it's, uh, that's my team. Well, no, as you pointed out, they're not your team. They no. don't give a shit about you. No. <laughs> you know, you're nothing but cannon fodder and cheap labor. That's what you are. Well, if they if the Democrats do get the power and hold on to power and expand their power in the midterms, one of the first things they have to do is address address the Supreme Court. I mean, right yep. at this point, the Supreme Court is broken. They are virtually worthless because there is no confidence in them. Nobody trusts the Supreme Court. And if you have no confidence and you don't trust the Supreme Court, you don't have a Supreme Court. One of the things they have to do once they get in is stack that court. And it's reasonable for them to do that, to add four more justices based on the number of circuits we have around the country. They had nine because there were nine circuits. They're now, what, 13? So you add the four. It's a reasonable idea to expand it to that level based on what they used when they first set it up or when they set it up last time. So you really have to do that. You, you're going to be hard pressed to get the Alitos and the Thomases and, and, and the Barretts and, and the Kavanaugh's get them kicked out unless you catch them doing something illegal. You're not 
going to get them out any other way. And even then it's going to be hard. So you got to neutralize them. You got to bring the Supreme Court up to the times, balance it out. So our Supreme Court is actually a Supreme Court again. Exactly. And that, that has to be a priority because right now they can pretty much overturn anything that, that Congress does. Right. Uh, it may not be legitimate, but, but they can do it. And there's, we have precedent for a president saying, ah, nah, we're not going to do that. And that was Andrew Jackson with the Bank of the United States. Uh, the Supreme Court said this, and he said, great, now go enforce it and ignored them. I'm not a big fan of Jackson, but uh, if he can do it, so can Joe Biden. Well, absolutely. And, you know, the thing about it is, is uh, <laughs> there, were, there was some pro wrestler one time that says, you got to know your role. And the role of, of the Supreme Court isn't to make laws. That's the job of Congress and a president. They make the right. Congress makes the laws. Um, the Supreme Court interprets them and enforces those laws in court. But when you've got people that have other ideas other than what Congress wants them to do, as in the case with overturning Roe v. Wade, you've got a rogue fucking court and a rogue court isn't worth a shit. Exactly. And thanks for the reminder on that. I did want to point that out, that it's not just Kansas, Kansas, where we have a 70-30 margin about Roe. It's the whole country. I oh, don't yeah. Care. If, if you had that referendum in every state, there would not be a question. Roe versus Wade would be the law of the land for all eternity. And that would be it because it would lose. And since when does the minority get to rule? They shouldn't, but they are. And they have been since Reagan. It needs to stop. And what happened in Kansas epitomizes the stupidity and competence of the Republican Party. That that section of the election was put on there by the Republicans because they were so arrogant to think, gee, we'll show them, we'll shut this down permanently. And then they got fucking surprised because they were too blind to see that the vast majority of people like Roe v. Wade, and even if they are Republicans, they're not fully on your team if you're going to hurt them. Well, you know, and I've seen it here. I mean, Tennessee being the uh, buckle on the Bible belt, so to speak, you know, we'll never have a lottery. We have a lottery. Yeah. Well, we'll never sell liquor in uh, the grocery store. (laughs) Wine and beer is right there. We'll never have liquor stores in Rogersville. We have two. And that's when it comes to a vote, people will get what they want. And, And they always, the right always and conservatives always overestimate their own. Uh, they have such hubris. They overestimate. Uh, they believe that whatever they believe, everybody else believes. And it's just not the case ever. Well, that, that that's the thing. These people will spew this stuff and think this stuff, and they think they're right, and they can't imagine any possibility that they'd be wrong. So they're so blind that they throw it out there. I just said that. That's true. That's what any good Christian would want. So everybody's going to back me up. And then when it doesn't happen, they're fucking amazed. I mean, thank God for their stupidity and arrogance. We'd never get anywhere if they didn't get put in their place. Yeah. And and I got to throw this out there. This whole questioning of elections has just gotten out of hand and it should be shouted down by 
every newspaper, every television station, every radio station, every media outlet of any kind in this country, whether it's online or broadcast or whatever, you got Carrie Lake here who probably is going to win her primary. It's not, she's already claiming she won out in Arizona. She's already saying, we've identified a lot of corruption and we're going to be looking at that. You know, there was no corruption, not one thing, you know, unless some Republican did it, which is what we've seen everywhere. Anywhere there's any sort of uh, skullduggery goes on, it's always the Republicans, never the Democrats. But she's already doing this because she seems to think it's a winner and uh, uh i uh i just hope mark kelly wipes the ground with her when it comes to the election i, th- I think he will i think he will um but you know what's ironic about the republicans now it's one thing to question elections and say there's voter fraud and that sort of thing. But we've got Republicans claiming that in a fucking Republican primary where only <laughs> Republicans are fucking voting. Don't they exactly. see how that is, is, is fucking themselves up? Somebody's so butthurt. Well, I didn't win, so there must be corruption. But you got beat by another Republican who was voted for by a bunch of Republicans. Are you telling us the Republicans are the ones that are corrupt? Clearly, that's what you're saying. Well, they know that. I mean, the, they know that the, the the Republican base won't question that. They won't even make that connection because, no. quite frankly, they have <laughs> lost the ability for intellectual activity, for for thought, if you will. They believe they uh, um, they have their gut, and and I think I've even heard some say that. Well, in my gut, I know that there was corruption. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you need to change your diet or something, buddy, because uh, uh, there is uh, there's no indication of that. Uh, just dozens of court cases, not, no evidence, and yet they still <laughs> cling to that. I saw a couple of uh, you know a guy and his wife. They were asking him on uh, CNN or somewhere the other day. Well, well, what about what happened to the insurrection? Oh, that was all Antifa. You know? <laughs> then why now, didn't Donald Trump do have... anything? Why didn't yeah. he do anything? Why didn't he send in some troops? Yeah. And the other thing is, all of these people have been arrested. They've gone to court. They've been charged. They've been sentenced to jail. Not one Antifa. No. Lots of proud boys. Lots of uh, oath keepers and three percenters and so forth. But not one Antifa. Because it doesn't exist, you bozos. I think one of the one of the best recent quotes I've heard is in the Alex Jones trial, and they are pressing him on something. And he says, "Well, I believe," <laughs> and and the judge looked at him and said, "Just because you believe it or you say you believe it doesn't mean it's true. So stop saying that. This is not your show. This is a yeah. court, and we're going to do." deal with the truth, not what you believe is the truth based on fucking lies. And, and and that's what people have to understand. Just because you spew it out of your mouth doesn't mean it's true. If you're uneducated or know nothing about what you're talking about, I'm sorry, I'm not going to acknowledge anything you fucking say. Oh, I, I got to throw this in. Do you know, you know who Greg Locke is, right? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I know that he, piece he's a, Yeah, he's a piece of shit preacher down here in Tennessee. Global Vision Ministries is his, quote, church. And it's it's a bunch of yahoos that you like to come in and watch him put on a show where he calls Democrats demons and so forth. And then he's got on a witch kick. 
He claimed <laughs> that there's six witches sent to his church to undermine the church by seducing the church elders. And I predict this. <laughs> I predict this, that those six women are women that he sexually abused in some way. Yeah, no and doubt. That's, what, that's what's going to come out, and that will be his downfall. I hope. I hope. You know, <clears throat> I mean, the Baptist church right now is going through all kinds of turmoil because they're having to face up to decades of sexual abuse, maybe longer than that, within the Baptist church, particularly with youth pastors. But but it's just like with the Catholics. They just move them around as soon as there's some sort of uh, something comes to light. You know, they just move them to another church somewhere else. And that's the way they deal with it. And they also persecute and, uh, you know, try to shut up the women some way or other. Right. So, you know, so, so, so these people commit crimes and sexually abuse people, and instead of making them accountable, <laughs> they just send them someplace else where there's fresh meat. It's fucking exactly, ridiculous. Exactly, exactly. And they, uh, they, you know, bring sanctions against the, the women that that bring it up, and you know, try to force them to to uh, recant and and so forth, or uh, you know, put pressure on their home congregations to throw them out and so forth. And um, it, it, it's been going on for a long, long time. It's finally come to light. And there's a big schism about it, of course, because half of them want to just keep doing what they're doing. And, and the other half are going, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> maybe that's not, not Christian. It has nothing to do with God. It has to do with power and money. And these fucks should be taken to task. We're, we're running out of time here. Well, we ran out of time about 15 minutes long ago. Time ago. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. We're going to go as long as we want to, whenever we want to. People can stop the uh, recording and listen to it to tomorrow if they want to. But I appreciate you coming by. It's always a pleasure to talk to you because we're of a like mind, even though we come from different places and different age groups. But, uh, I always love it when I have listeners or you come on and to give your perspectives because I, I you know, as, as smart as I know I am, it can't be all about me. There's got to be other information and other perspectives out there. So I appreciate when you come in and offer yours. Well, I, I, uh, I'm, I always have a good time with it. And, uh, uh, do you know the Minnesota author? All of, he's like, he has mysteries and all of them have the word pray. It, yeah, John Sanford. There he goes. Did you know that John Sanford mentioned you in one of his books? <laughs> no, I didn't. It's true. Uh, somebody reminded me of this a while back, and I meant to look it up, which one it is. But he's talking about because he, I believe he worked at McAllister. I think he was a professor there at the college or, yeah. or St. Thomas, one of those right there in St. Paul. Right. And he mentions that his character, the, the, the character that's in most of the prey books is driving down uh, a certain uh, street and is getting ready to go onto the freeway. And he's listening to Mike Marron on KBEM to get the traffic report. He actually says my name in the book. He actually says your name in the book. There's somebody oh. out there listening right now who's a big fan of his and uh, they'll probably be able to find it. But wow. uh, yeah, it's in there. It's in there. My uh, my uh, wife is a huge fan of him. I like him, too. I had no idea. Yeah, well, if she's a huge fan, go back through the books. And at some point, uh, the character is driving down. It's mentioned that he's in St. Paul. He's driving down uh, uh, University Avenue, I believe, or, or one of those, and uh, is getting ready to get on 94 
uh, to go wherever he's going, and he's listening for the traffic report with Mike Moran on KBEM. Wow, that's big. Did he spell my name properly? I'm guessing he did. He, did. he probably looked it up. He got it right. He got it right. <laughs> well, you know, there was one other thing. There was an alternative band here that had some notoriety, and they yeah. were called the Big Woo. Yeah, I remember Big Woo. And and and, and they did some song regarding – I don't know that they mentioned my name, but they regarded traffic in the radio station. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But fucking John Sanford, I got to call yeah. him because uh, yeah. maybe get him on the damn show. There you go. I'm sure he won't Why take not? my call. But. <laughs> you, you never know. He thought enough of you to put your name on the the, uh, wow. in the book. Now, for those folks who don't understand what we're talking about, I was a traffic reporter for a long time with the Department of Transportation, and uh, the audience wasn't huge, but the people I had were very loyal, and and a lot of you know I was there every ten minutes every day along with Ed, and so a lot of people got to know me that way. Um, but wow, I had no idea. Thanks for giving me that. That yeah. that that just raises my confidence like I needed yeah. it. <laughs> well, I I was jealous because here I am doing uh, the news and the commentary and the music and everything else and you're you're coming in and doing traffic every 10 minutes and you get you get the mention. But what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? All right, we're going to wrap we're going to wrap things up uh we did go real long here, but I think it's all worthwhile, and I think we talked about some good things. So thanks, Ed. I hope the folks listening have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.